morning our words of scripture that we will hear are about Sabbath. And the word Sabbath comes from a Hebrew verb that means to cease work, to stop, to rest. And as I have been wrestling with the scriptures this week, I recognize that to prioritize rest in our culture is counterculture. God commands us in the fourth commandment, which is part of the covenant that God made with the Hebrew people, to rest. And the prophets, including Isaiah, point out how we refuse. Jesus himself invites us into Sabbath through him, and he invites us to rest. While the culture around us pushes us to do more, to buy more, to produce more, to consume more. Sabbath calls us to quietness and to rest. Sabbath is a gift from God. And as you hear the scripture readings for this morning, listen for God's call to Sabbath rest. A reading from Exodus. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Six days you may work and do all your tasks, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it, not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your animals or the immigrant who is living with you. Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them in six days but rested on the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. A reading from Isaiah. Therefore the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, says, In return and rest you will be saved. Quietness and trust will be your strength. But you refused. A reading from the gospel according to Mark. Jesus went through the wheat fields on the Sabbath. As the disciples made their way, they were picking the heads of wheat. The Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the Sabbath law? He said to them, Haven't you ever read what David did when he was in need, when he and those with him were hungry? During the time when Abiathar was high priest, David went into God's house and ate the bread of the presence, which only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave bread to those who were with him. Then he said, The Sabbath was created for humans. Humans weren't created for the Sabbath. This is why the human one is Lord even over the Sabbath. A reading from the gospel according to Matthew. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I am gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
been a couple of weeks, a week and a half maybe, since the power outages and the evacuations. Hopefully they are not on the forefront of everybody's minds anymore. <coughs> but I, I was thinking a lot about the power outages this week as I was reflecting on the scriptures. Because when the power goes out, we experience a sense of vulnerability, a sense of what the limits of our actual control is. And then there's this fear and anxiety about what's coming next, worry about worst-case scenarios. But when we have something like the power outages, there also can be a clarification of what really matters. I'll admit that in the first round of power outages before we recognized how big the Kincaid fire was actually going to get, there was a moment, a window of relief. Because when the power went out, everything got canceled. School was out, my husband's office was closed, we couldn't really do much but just spend time together. And um, on one of the days when we were home and school was out and screens were off, we decided to go outside and take a walk. And as we were heading outside, our neighbors were also coming outside. Several different families came out of their houses, and they were also going to take a walk. So we all went together. We went down the Brush Creek Trail for several miles, uh, just chatting and talking, and the kids were playing together. We were just enjoying being outside together. And it was almost this time out of time where we could focus on each other, and that felt really important and necessary. Even so, there was this continuing sense of fear and anxiety about what might come next and the sense of vulnerability with the power out. And this place, that kind of feeling, is the perfect mindset to be in to imagine what it might have been like for the Hebrew people gathered at the base of Mount Sinai after they fled out of Egypt. I imagine that they must have had a lot of anxiety about what was coming next. But there also was a sense of joy. They were a free people now. And in the midst of this anxiety and this joy, God appears to Moses. God initiates a covenant with the people, essentially saying, don't worry, I've got you, you're my people. But, as my people, I'm going to need you to do something for me. And here we get the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. And the fourth commandment there is to remember the Sabbath. 
We are to rest because God rested. And this command to rest for the people gathered at the base of Mount Sinai is intimately tied to their freedom. Because they had just fled from being slaves. They had just fled from a place and a time where all of their labor, all of their efforts, their very bodies belonged to Pharaoh. They could not rest and worship the way they wanted to because they did not belong to themselves. But here they are, a free people. And God says, I command you to rest. You belong to me. They're commanded to rest every week, but it's not just the wealthy who are commanded to rest. In theory, it's everybody, all the people, all the servants, all the immigrants, all the animals are called to rest on that seventh day. In theory, everyone rests because God rests. And this fourth commandment is the linchpin in the Ten Commandments, between the commands about God and the commands about neighbor. Because Sabbath is both about God and about neighbor. So as the Hebrew people hear these commandments handed down through Moses, including this fourth commandment to rest, they say, everything the Lord has said we will do, and we will obey. But because people are people, even the people of God, people tend to drift from Scripture, to drift from God, and that happens. So then we get the prophets, not just Isaiah, but especially Isaiah, prophesying in the 6th century B.C. about how the people of God have drifted and they are behaving in unjust ways. And one of the calls in Isaiah that we don't always have ears to hear is a call back to Sabbath. In Isaiah 56, especially, there is a call where Isaiah, where God speaking through Isaiah, says that everyone who participates, who keeps the Sabbath, including immigrants and other people, are part of the covenant people. A key to the covenant is keeping the Sabbath. The scripture that we heard today from Isaiah was about how in return and rest you will be saved and quietness and trust will be your strength. And this one in particular out of Isaiah really spoke to me because I think it is an excellent description of Sabbath. God is asking people to return. God is asking us to return to God, to rest in God 
in quietness and in trust. The trust here can also be translated as confidence. When we rest in trust, we have confidence that God has got us, will uphold us and care for us. That that is our strength and that is not achieved under our own efforts. We trust enough to rest in God. So what are we talking about when we're talking about Sabbath rest? In returning to God and quietness and demonstrating trust in God. Well, religious law has a lot to say about what this means. <clears throat> Scripture and tradition. And it tends to fall into two categories of do's and do-nots. And if you grew up in a tradition that really um, paid attention to the Sabbath, you, you may have feelings about this list of do-nots. <laughs> but the do-nots, I think, can be summarized around the idea that activities that create, that make things, or exercise control of the environment, or exert dominion over the world, over things around us, those are on the list of do-nots on the Sabbath. And I think the theology behind these do-nots is about having humility. When we are not doing things that exercise control of the world around us, we are showing humility. We are showing recognition that God is in control. And this is like the power outages. Power is off. We cannot plug in our things. We recognize the limits of what we can actually control. And resting from these activities that exert control is an act of worship because it demonstrates trust that people, that we understand, that we as people are upheld by God without our own efforts. The do's, the do list, tend to include things like worship attendance and prayer and scripture study, but also singing songs and time with family and friends, joyful things. In Isaiah 58, there's a line in there about treating the Sabbath like it's a delight. The Sabbath is a delight to us. It's time out to enjoy God and to enjoy the people that we love. So Sabbath is about returning to God on purpose, setting aside time to rest in quietness, because in that rest and that quietness is strength and salvation, says Isaiah. But you refuse, he goes on to say. There could have been salvation in the Sabbath, but the people refused. God keeps covenant, even when the people do not. And here enters in the ultimate covenant keeper in Jesus Christ. 
And there is a, um, we'll call it a rumor, <laughs> out there, um, a sentiment that gets floated sometimes that Jesus abolished the Sabbath. But in my best reading, I don't think Jesus abolished the Sabbath any more than he abolished any of the other Ten Commandments. Modern scholars mostly tend to agree that Jesus was an observant Jewish person in his historical place and time. He came as a person anchored in time and place on purpose to a specific people. And this is an idea we will explore as we go through Advent and Christmas. He came to a covenant people following the Mosaic law, that is the law handed down through Moses, who had been commanded as part of their covenant to keep the Sabbath. Jesus seems to be really more about reform, reforming attitudes around the Sabbath. These behaviors that became about control, legalistic behaviors that are preoccupied with rules and details and control of behavior at the expense of compassion. So Jesus broke Sabbath rules. When he did, it was because of compassion, because of his sense of justice. The work that he did called people back to God. He fed people, and that's what we see in the scripture in Mark, where the disciples are plucking grain for food. Jesus fed people, and he healed people, and he called people back to God on the Sabbath. And he reminds the religious leaders in Mark 2 that the Sabbath was made for humans. And this is where we start to drift a little. This is where we get to, oh, the Sabbath was made for humans. That means the Sabbath is made for me. That means I can do what I want on the Sabbath. I'm not saying that anybody here, including me, would ever do that. <laughs> Just saying it's a human tendency. It says Sabbath was made for humankind. Not individuals, the whole community. Because in an ideal world, say in the coming kingdom, everyone rests. The whole community rests in that commandment about the Sabbath. Everyone rests and everyone worships. And Jesus goes on to say that the human one, sometimes translated as the Son of Man, is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus, in his humanity, points us to how we are to live. As Lord of the Sabbath, he invites us into Sabbath, into rest in him. And he says, come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, 
and I will give you rest. There's an invitation to return to him and rest. And he talks about putting his yoke on. And sometimes we think that's about work too, and sometimes it is. But we hear yoke and we think oxen and plowing the fields. It's really about being joined together, though. Joined together, yoked in life to Christ. In work and in rest. And the invitation there is very clearly to rest. Remember the Exodus people... This command of Sabbath was in part about not being slaves anymore, but recognizing that they belong to God. God rested, therefore they are commanded to rest. And we, in recognizing that we are yoked to Christ, are also recognizing that we belong to God through Christ. The Sabbath for most Christians has shifted over time for a lot of reasons from a Friday evening to Saturday evening, which the earliest Christians did celebrate and Jewish people do keep to Sunday morning. There's a lot of reasons for that. But for most of us, the Sabbath has shrunk all the way to Sunday morning for one hour. One hour of worship and no rest. And the truth is that we can ignore, we can ignore if we want to, the call or the command to rest because our redemption and our salvation does not depend on it. It has been achieved in and through Jesus Christ. We have been, through him, freed from that legalism that checking of the boxes of how to do it just right so that we can be saved. But I think that gift of the Sabbath, that call to rest because God rested and because we belong to God, that call is still there for us. And interestingly, I the best list of Sabbath things to do that I found actually came from there's a court in Israel of ultra-Orthodox rabbis that make decisions. Um, And there was a question before them about whether it was legal for non-Jews to celebrate the Sabbath. And their decision was, yes, it is. That non-Jews are called to do all the do's. Only the Jewish people are held to the do-nots, but the Gentiles are held to the do's, which include worship and rest and prayers, time with friends and family, singing, eating bread, breaking bread, drinking wine or the cup, lighting candles. Now, the theology behind why they made that decision, we would not necessarily agree with or line up with. And what day they would suggest we do that on might not necessarily be what we would agree to. But I think this idea of the dues on the Sabbath for us is really a good one. 
It's all about returning to God and demonstrating that we belong only to God and that we have confidence in God that we are saved by grace through faith and not by our own efforts. We really only get good at what we practice. And we don't practice Sabbath rest very much in our culture. Sabbath rest is hard for everyone. It's hard for me. But I think we should take time to hear the call of the Sabbath. What that might mean, I don't know. It might mean turning our phones off for a part of a Sunday. It might mean preparing for worship before coming to church by prayer and reading scripture. My own family uh, has been experimenting with, uh, on a different day that's not Sunday, um, making bread, breaking bread, lighting candles together, saying prayers. Sometimes it takes a crisis, like a power outage, an evacuation, to clarify what's most important. And what is within our control and what is not. I think the call to Sabbath is a call to examine that every single week. Every single week we have a gift of grace to take time out of time to worship, to rest, to be together. The good news is that our redemption does not depend on how good we are at resting. But we are called to return to God in rest because our strength will be found in quietness and trust in God alone. May it be so.